Good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Knute. Coming up this afternoon, Glenda Lee Allen-Vossler will have details on a new study on soil health being launched by the Senate Committee on Agriculture and Forestry. Up first in today's country comments, we'll be joined by the province's pulse specialist, Dennis Lang. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Manitoba's early soybean harvest is underway in some parts of the province. I caught up with Pulse Specialist Dennis Lang for an update. Well, I guess what we've we've seen some uh, reports of some uh, in uh, soybeans harvested in that kind of that low farm area just starting here before this rain hit last week. Uh, no real reports on yield yet. It's still pretty early. Um, and uh, just recently, we've got some other showers that have gone through, so we're we're just getting started in some of these areas. I do expect more harvesting to take place next week. Um, even Friday morning here, we're getting a little drizzle here, so that's going to stop some growers for a day or two. But um, and you know, expectations are high for this year. We've had good moisture through the growing season, timely rains, um, and I'm expecting some. I'm expecting to see some good numbers come from soybeans this year, a lot better than we've seen in past years. Have you heard any early yield numbers yet? Or? Nothing yet, no. Um, it's uh, To give a comparison, um, the record year that we had for soybeans uh, for yield in Manitoba was back in 2017. Um, we had uh, almost 2.3 million acres, and that year with the rainfall through the summer, uh, we ended up with a provincial average of 42 bushels an acre. Um, and that was, that was the record year for us in Manitoba. Um, and then we got into some dry years after that. That was in 2016, but... Uh, since then, um, I'm I'm thinking we might be close to that number this year. If if things come off, you know, in in decent shape over the next few weeks, it's still early yet. But um, just from what I've been seeing, other crops, the yields have been really good this year for the most part. Um, unless you've got some excessive moisture and lots of drown out and other issues, but uh, I'm expecting to see some good numbers this year for soybeans. I guess just depending on the weather, are you expecting to see farmers using um, desiccant here going forward, or? Um, with soybeans, one of the things, uh, like uh, for uh, one of the things, just to clarify, the R8 stage is what's what's considered as physiological maturity, um, and that is um, uh, the R9 stage is actually not uh, included in the in the uh, staging for soybeans. But for the most part, um, sometimes you hear those d- discussions. But soybeans are drying down quite nicely for the most part. Um, I think where the defecation might come in is if a farmer had some problems with weeds in the field. That might be the first. Uh, indication that a grower might want to do that but for the most part the beans are in uh, that r r7 stage r late r6 in the really uh, fields that aren't as mature um but uh, once you hit r7 there's a risk of frost and then once you hit that um uh, r8 stage you're probably about 10 days to two weeks away from harvest uh, based on where the moisture content of the seed is at so as long as we get some you know a little bit of sun and wind next week i could see a lot of uh, soybeans going uh, being taken off uh, a good start anyways next week and uh, just looking at the uh, field pea harvest, that's, um, I guess, virtually wrapped up now. Uh, just talk about how that went. You know, for the most part, pretty good. Um, we're, uh, I've heard some good comments on yields from um, various areas of the province this year. Uh, there were some challenges out west, um, some lodging issues, and growers had a little bit more, bit more of a struggle on certain fields trying to get the uh, material to the combine. But the numbers I've been hearing, you know, uh, 60 to 70 bushels uh, is, is very common in, in a lot of gro- with a lot of growers. I've heard some high numbers as well. I've heard some 80-plus 80, 80 numbers, um, 80 bushels per acre and more in, in some areas north of Winnipeg. 
And uh, again, like most crops this year, if you got the timely rains and didn't have a lot of drown out, uh, those yields have been pretty good. I've also heard a few 15 to 20 bushel yields on peas as well. And in those situations, um, uh, that was just, you know, excess moisture at the wrong time. And, and maybe the soil was a little, little, maybe a little bit poorly drained for, for this year and uh, standing water and all those things that contributed to the, the lower yield loss. And uh, with uh, the dry bean harvest, um, that's underway now as well. Uh, looks like there's some pretty good yields there too. Yeah, there's definitely some, I've been hearing some very good numbers from there, anywhere from two to 3,000 pounds per acre, and in some instances a little bit higher. Um, and uh, quality has been very good up until this point. Um, we've been in a bit of a shutdown mode for the last, since the rains here last week. Um, and I, I did see some, uh, some combine activity happening uh, yesterday up in the Carmen area. So there was some, it has started up again. Um, you know, best guess right now, we're probably in that 50 to 60% complete around the province. Um, and, uh, you know, areas like Portage and Tree here and a little bit, a little bit further ahead than what we might be in Altona. Because the Altona region was a little bit further behind just planting wise this year. But um, again, very positive numbers for this year for, uh, for yields and dry beans. All right. Any, uh, anything else to highlight on the harvest here so far? Or? No, I guess the, the biggest thing to kind of watch for, um, you know, if you're when, you're when you do start pulling into your soybeans and uh, you've you got your combine traveling down the field, uh, if you see any weird, uh, uh, we'll call them weird and wonderful weeds uh, popping up, that are grass green, tall plants. Uh, there's been lots of reports of, uh, of pigweed this year, and you know, and there's been a few reports of water hemp this year as well. But what I would suggest uh, to growers if they're harvesting is is uh, uh, throw a, a box of garbage bags, big black garbage bags, in your in your combine as you're harvesting. And if you see one of those weeds in the field that's kind of really standing out, uh, jump off the combine, uh, pull it out by the root, and throw it in the garbage bag and th- take it off the field. Um, there's ways of getting that and analyzed um, to see if that is uh, water hemp or if it's just a pigweed. And uh, feel free to contact our provincial weed specialist on that one, or you can reach out to me as well, um, and uh, we can uh, see what we can do and, and see what weeds are seeing there. But that's one, one cautionary note I would give with growers. If you're seeing those weeds, um, those giant plants in the fields, or something that you thought should have got killed that didn't, pull it out now. We want to try to reduce that seed set, and uh, that's one uh, cautionary note I would give this year. That was Manitoba Agriculture's Pulse Specialist, Dennis Lang. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Knute. Manitoba's pumpkin harvest is underway. Scott Friesen says he's brought in about 10% of the 95 acres of pumpkins he's growing near Altona. It's looking to be pretty good. The pumpkins have sized up uh, fairly well to almost a little bit too big. Uh, as um, some of the pumpkins, the seed that I buy is supposed to be for a specific size, but with the moisture, they've gotten a little bit larger than uh, I would like to have seen them. He notes the harvest is about two weeks behind normal. The pumpkins are purchased by two large retailers in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, with some ending up in food service areas in Alberta as well. Yesterday marked the first official day of fall, which means winter isn't that far away. Jack Barnett, the managing editor of the Old Farmer's Almanac, says we can expect a cold, normal winter with some decent snowfall for the prairies. I think there's going to be good snow cover, um, so that'll last. We're looking for spring to be a little bit warmer and a little bit wetter, but not, um, you know, not to, the, to a flooding extent. You know what I mean? Um, so I think there's going to be good moisture for producers. Um, I, 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 it's looking up in 2023 uh, as far as I can see. 
He says we can expect the first real cold spell to begin in the middle of November and run into early December. And the Manitoba government is awarding $1.5 million in grants from the Conservation and Climate Fund to support 14 projects that work to help protect the environment by addressing the effects of climate change and reducing greenhouse gas emissions. Among the recipients is the Manitoba Organic Alliance, which will receive $92,000 for a web-based nutrient budgeting tool. The Manitoba government launched the Conservation and Climate Fund back in 2020 to support projects being implemented by nonprofit organizations, educational institutions, municipalities, and northern communities. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Friday, September 23rd. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, Glenda Lee Allen Vosser will have details on a new study on soil health being launched by the Senate Committee on Agriculture and Forestry. The Senate Committee on Agriculture and Forestry is launching a new study on soil health in Canada. To find out more, Glenda Lee Allen Vosser talked with Committee Chair Rob Black following the committee's first meeting with witnesses yesterday. Senator, to begin with, let's just set the stage for everybody. Talk to us a, a little bit about the committee and its role. So the, uh, the Senate Committee, Standing Committee on Agriculture and Forestry, is in place to, to look at issues uh, with respect to agriculture and forestry and also review uh, legislation, bills, etc., that might come to the Senate chamber and then be referred to the committee for, for consideration and amendment uh, uh, and, and, and back to the chamber. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a committee that's been in place for some time, and uh, I'm excited to, uh, to be chairing the committee at, this, at the present time. Now, the committee has launched a new study on soil health in Canada. Why did you want to look at this? Uh, so I am excited to share with you the the. the uh, the Senate study on soil health in Canada kicked off this morning. This was the uh, this was uh, is the second uh, soil health study that's been done by the Senate of Canada. The first one was completed in 1984, so 38 years ago, almost 40 years ago. Uh, the committee at that time was chaired by Senator Herbert Sparrow from Saskatchewan, and uh, that report uh, was groundbreaking. Pardon the pun. Uh, and, and put forward a number of recommendations that that uh, some have been acted on in the in the uh, succeeding uh, uh, 38 years, but some haven't. And 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 the timing was right to uh, undertake a new study. That that first study is the most requested Senate study ever in the history of the Senate, 155 years. So the um, the uh, this new study. Uh, the time was right to undertake it. Things have changed in 38 years. We're now looking at the health of soils from a, a variety of perspectives. We now want to think about carbon sequestration. We now want to think about climate change and mitigation strategies. And so I'm hopeful that this, this study that may take a year or two to complete will, uh, will work towards those goals. Now, as you mentioned, everything actually kicked off here on Thursday. What happened? Take us through the first part of this process. Right. So, uh, over the over the in my time as a senator, the last four and a half years, I've I've encouraged the committee to consider this. In the spring, uh, we did get, uh, receive an order of reference from the uh, Senate uh, senators 
from the Senate chamber that we could undertake it. And, and this is our first uh, time that we've been able to, to move forward with it. So we just, we're just back sitting this week. And so the time is, uh, is right to, to drive on with this. So this morning we had, uh, it was a two hour meeting, uh, public meeting, and we had two witnesses. We had uh, Don Lobb, a farmer from Ontario, who has uh, throughout his entire life been working on, on, uh, on healthy soils and, and ensuring healthy soils and conservation, et cetera. And we had Cedric McLeod, uh, who is an executive assistant of the uh, Canadian Grassland Forages Association in, in New Brunswick. Both of them um, uh, were witnesses today. Uh, both spoke for about 15 minutes each, and then we had a myriad of questions to, uh, to ask them. Uh, my goal for today's session was really to kickstart the uh, kickstart the committee study and really uh, get my colleagues, all of the Senate committee members, um, uh, excited about this study. And I'll share with you that we saw passion, we saw commitment, and we saw vision from those two uh, our first two witnesses. It was a it was a great meeting. Any other takeaways that you can give us from that meeting? Yes, it, it, um, there's a lot of work to be done. Uh, we heard that uh, from our two witnesses. Certainly they acknowledge that there has been work done in the past, but, but you know, if we're, if we're, if we're uh, true to ourselves and, and really expect to, to make something of this report, we're going to have to look at the, uh, at the issue of soil health in Canada from a regional perspective, from a variety of lenses, you know, from, from healthy soil health, from the academic side, from the farmer side, from the food security. We also can't forget that it's the Agriculture and Forestry Committee. So we need to be mindful to, um, to uh, engage witnesses that will talk to us about the health of forest soils as well. And, and both Don and Cedric uh, helped us to acknowledge that. And, and I'm, I'm delighted to say my colleagues on the committee are excited about going forward. So what's next now? Well, we'll, uh, we meet twice a week for two hours as a committee. And so over the coming weeks, we'll have a variety of of committee witnesses that will will speak to the group. uh, uh, And then we'll ask questions of them to delve deeper into their their thoughts. And and over time, uh, I expect there might be an interim report. Who knows? But uh, I expect there might be an interim report that would... uh, start to uh, uh, define what we've heard and maybe a direction that that we as Canadians need to need to go forward with if we're truly uh, truly uh, interested in in, in, in achieving uh, soil health in Canada now if somebody is listening to our discussion today and maybe would like to put forward a statement or, or be a witness to the committee what do they have to do? What kind of potential is there for that? I'm hopeful that you, that your listeners, that many of your listeners might be interested in either putting forward a, a, a statement or, or something that, that goes to the committee clerk and, and asking the committee clerk to share it with, with the uh, senators, the committee senators. Um, and, and I also expect that there'll be people that say, I want to speak in front of, I want to be a witness to uh, to the the committee and and so i would encourage uh, those folks to again connect with the clerk email uh and and uh and just indicate 
that, that they're interested in either submitting something, a submission, or, or speaking, we're also, at some point, likely to want to get out and, and, and get our boots dirty on the ground, right, and see some, some of the good things that are happening or that could be happening uh, across Canada. And so if somebody's got an idea of, of, of uh, suggestions for places where we can go, uh, that, would be, that would be great too. Final thoughts, key comments you would like to leave with people today? Finally, I guess if, if, if I would just encourage folks to follow the, the, along with the committee uh, hearings, uh, and you can, you can do that. The contact information is on the Agriculture and Forestry uh, website, uh, the Senate website, and, and I'd encourage folks to follow along. I've been talking with Senator Rob Black, the chair of the Agriculture and Forestry Committee. They have launched a new study into soil health in Canada. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen Bossler. Thanks, Glendalee. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen Vossler, I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Egg Wire will return next week on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Wildlife Federation is hosting a webinar entitled Wild Cultivation Traditional Plant Management Systems of Northwestern North America. That takes place September 27th. You can register on the Canadian Wildlife Federation website. The Roland Pumpkin Fair takes place October 1st. The annual ASE Career Fair at the University of Manitoba takes place October 4th. And the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association is hosting its 5th annual Regenerative Agriculture Conference, November 14th and 15th in Brandon. It's Friday afternoon on the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm Chris Sumner. Yes, I realize I'm not farm broadcaster Corey Canute, who is your usual host for the program, but that's because Corey's going to take the secondary mic for a couple of minutes here, Corey. And and that's because uh, we, we haven't shared this publicly yet, but this will be your final day officially on the Manitoba Farm Journal. What's going on, my man? Yeah, I'm going to be heading out to uh, Moose Jaw to uh, cover news out in that area. So, um, yeah, a bit of a change, but I'm looking forward to it. And you're going to be staying within the Golden West family, I understand. Yeah, we have a uh, number of stations out there, and I'll be uh, working uh, out of Moose Jaw. Yeah. Right on. So... Just kind of reflect for us, uh, it, it seems like you've been here with our Manitoba Farm Journal and Southern Manitoba News family for quite a while. How many years now? About five years um, at the farm desk um, and then five years local news before that. So coming up on my 10-year anniversary here. So um, yeah, it's been been good. Okay, so how quickly did a decade go by? You know, time flies, <laughs> b- flies by so fast. <laughs> Now, I realize trying to look back over 10 years, particularly with the variety of things that that you've done over the years, but what are some of the things that stick out for you, whether it was when you were doing the local news side of things or when you were leading our farm coverage here in Manitoba? Yeah, I mean, um, on the farm side of things, um, Manitoba Egg Days is always a highlight, um, going out to Brandon and uh, just experiencing that show and uh, all that's going on out there. Um, local news wise, um, yeah, lots of local, local events, uh, you get out to, um, I guess some of the highlights, um, for me over the years, uh, a couple of highlights, um, interviewing, uh, former prime minister, uh, Brian Mulroney. He was at a farm show in Winnipeg and also got to meet, um, astronaut Chris Hadfield and, uh, 
talk to him a little bit. So yeah, it's just uh, interesting all the all the people and events you get to get to experience. Now, as you were kind of getting primed up to head out to Moose Jaw and flex your local news chops again, you've been out on the local news scene again throughout much of the Red River Valley. And uh, I do take a little bit of solace in the fact that one of your final events was one of your messiest events. <laughs> yeah, out at the uh, St. Jean ATV Derby uh, last weekend and after they got about three inches of rain before that event. And uh, fortunately, I didn't bring my rubber boots and uh, things things got a little muddy, but uh, we made it through. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. And, and the great thing about that St. Jean ATV Derby is we know there's folks listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal across the province that were there because it brings from across the province doesn't it yeah it attracted um a lot of people from all over the province and even some from uh, saskatchewan and uh, ontario too so yeah it's a big event so as we look ahead to uh your start in uh, moose jaw saskatchewan uh early in in october what are you most looking forward to as as you move to not only a new city but a new province yeah, I mean, just uh, getting to know the city. It's a pretty cool city. Uh, a lot of history there with, with the tunnels and, and everything like that. And a lot of old buildings and um, lots going on there with sports and um, different events and stuff. So, yeah, just just getting to know the people in the uh, area as well. Now, am I going to be seeing pictures of you wearing Ryder Green, Corey? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been... Uh, sincere and honest pleasure to have you be a part of our team uh from the local news side just an amazing level of connection throughout the red river valley and beyond and uh the approach you brought to our farm journal and our farm uh farm audience has been wonderful as well anything you want to say as we wrap up yeah i mean it's been a pleasure to work with you as well i know you used to run the farm desk here so learned a lot from you over the years and um yeah appreciate it time now for another look at today's farm news yesterday marked the fall equinox or the first official day of fall we checked in with jack burnett the managing editor of the old farmer's almanac to find out what we can expect for the next few weeks the rest of this month we're looking for the uh, the month itself to be uh, about a degree uh, cooler than normal and, and ever so slightly um, wetter than normal, not not by much at all. Um, October, um, three degrees warmer. He notes we can expect a cold, normal winter in the southern prairies. And a pumpkin farmer near Altona says he's seeing average to above average yields this year. Scott Friesen notes the pumpkins are sized fairly well, with some getting almost too big due to the amount of moisture received this year. He talked about the timing of this year's harvest. They're about um, 10 days to two weeks later than I'd like to have uh, started, uh, just due to the wet uh, spring. The, our planting delay was uh, also about two weeks, so the wholesalers were looking to buy much earlier, but we were just unable to deliver product that just wasn't quite ready yet. Friesen grows 95 acres of pumpkins and says he's harvested about 10% so far. The pumpkins are purchased by two large retailers in Manitoba and Saskatchewan, with some ending up in food service areas in Alberta as well. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here on Monday starting at 12 noon.